0: a little bit later as well as pass those in. But right now we're going to sing about our God and to our God. So stand with us and join us for a couple of songs. Let's just worship our God today, all right? He is so worthy of our praise. I love to sing this song, this song about God's great grace. Oh, it's amazing grace. I'm You for your amazing grace. Friends, God is among us. He is among us and we thank you God for your grace. We're going to share on a new song together. As you learn it, sing along with us. It's a great song of just surrendering all we are to our God. The song says, God, just do what you want to do. We want you to be in charge of our lives and your church. Let this be your prayer today.
1: Oh, hello, Mountain. Good to see everybody. Glad you're with us. Uh, I know you've probably already been welcomed if you're a guest, but glad you're here. My name is Ben. We're, we're at a place today where we're, we're wrapping up in the final installment this uh, series of messages we've been calling Awakening. And I hope it's been as helpful to you as it has been to me. And what I'm hearing is a lot of great feedback, people that have jumped into groups and have um, enjoyed the reading, and the weekends have been great to all kind of come together. So I hope it's been helpful for you this point, and that today is super powerful um, in an important way for your life. Uh, you know, there's a one of my favorite uh, stories out of the Bible is in the Old Testament, a uh, place called 1 Samuel chapter three, and it's about this little boy Samuel who is like a junior apprentice helper to the old man Eli, who's the priest in the temple. And uh, it's nighttime, and it actually says, and getting ready to set this up, it says, and the word of God was rare in those days, which is an interesting thing to say. In other words, not many people were really expecting to hear from God, and not many did. Interesting to think about, isn't it? About what maybe the case is with us, with you, about whether we're expecting to hear from God. Probably has a lot to do with whether we will. So it said the word of the Lord was rare in those days, and one night, this little boy, Samuel, he puts on his Minnesota Vikings pajamas, and he goes to bed, and uh, in the middle of the night, he hears God speak to him, like, like in a voice, like Samuel, God's talking to him. And of course, he doesn't know what's going on, he rubs his eyes, and he runs over thinking it's Eli, the priest, goes over him and says, what did you need? And Eli says, what? You know, I don't know what you're talking about. Go back to bed, boy. And so he does, and God calls out to him again, Samuel. And he runs over, and he says, yes, boss? And of course, Eli says, boy, I don't know what you're doing, but I didn't, ta- I didn't call you. Get some sleep. Samuel goes back. It happens a third time, and this time, old man Eli kind of figures out what's probably going on. He says, ah. He says, boy, next time you hear that voice, I, I, I think God's trying to talk to you. I think God's wanting to get your attention. You better listen next time. Isn't it amazing how many times God tries to get our attention, wakes us up, and we, we somehow don't quite hear Him. We run to the wrong place, trying to figure out what to do next. And sometimes if we're blessed, God in His grace speaks to us yet again, and yet again, and yet again, giving us another chance. It's what He does for uh, Samuel speaks to him again and this time Samuel does exactly what old man Eli told him to do he said here I am speak Lord your servant is listening and we have that opportunity right now to do the same exact thing I believe God is here he's going to speak to us just like he did to that boy he's going to speak to you and I hope that you'll say what he said speak your servant is listening and have a kind of awakening so that you can hear what God wants for you. You know, that's what an awakening is. is when God gets your attention, speaks to you, and then you do something about it. That can happen. I hope it happens for you today. That's what the awakenings we've been looking at each week. There's lots of ways that God kind of sends these alarm clocks into our life. These sort of wake-up calls that sort of get our attention. We hear from God through them. We hear from God most clearly through the sending of His Son, Jesus. And we hear from God really clearly through the Bible itself. We hear from God through other believers who come and say, here's what we think maybe is, is true for you as what we're hearing about God. But you know, one of the other ways that God speaks to us is through these things we're calling awakenings. They are ways that are, are sometimes very, very clear. And, and if we move through them, they're things that pretty much everybody has and, as they find their way to God. And, and the first awakening was, if you remember, the awakening to longing. Remember that one? Say longing. Longing. We don't repeat these to kind of anchor them in our heads, okay? So longing is that reminder that when you have that awakening, there's these, there's these certain things that are like hardwired into every one of us. Things we long for where we say, you know, there's got to be something more to life. Longings for purpose and meaning and love. And turns out they're actually put there by God and meant to lead us back to Him. Now a lot of times we use those longings to pursue the fulfillment of them in ways that only hurt us and don't help us at all. And so this is a reminder about the story that Jesus told. We've been looking at it every week from Luke chapter 15 about the young boy who goes to his dad and says, Hey dad, I want all the inheritance coming to me. Because he was saying, there's got to be something more. And he believes he's going to find it out there in a distant country somewhere else. And so the father gives him his money and he runs off and he squanders it in wild living. Eventually he comes to his senses and he circles back home to to the father who welcomes him. That's the story. We sometimes call it the prodigal son or the lost boy, the loving father. And that's a reminder about the awakening to longing. And then what happens when we chase down these dead ends, we always end up with some some regret. And when you finally awaken to that, like, wow, I don't want to be here. Or, wow, I wish I hadn't have done that. I wish I wouldn't have made that mistake. That sorrow and that regret is actually kind of an awakening that can also lead us homeward to God. There's a shame cycle we can't get out of, and we begin to recognize, I need some help. I, I, I need, I need some, some things to happen that, I, that, that need to change me and others around me that I can't do. And it's the awakening to need. And that's that one where we say, man, I need help. And we realize that help has a name, and, and his name is Jesus. And, and, and that leads us to that awakening we talked about last week, which is the awakening to love. And love is that thing that we all long for so much in life, to know that somebody knows me and still loves me. And we discover that it's found in God, this this image of the Son coming home, to discover that a father, instead of scolding him, runs out to meet him, hugs him, embraces him, welcomes him, loves him, kisses him, puts a robe on him, is a reminder that all of us can come home to a God who loves us after all. And that makes us his beloved children. Now it leads us to today where we're going to wrap up with one kind of final awakening that really sums up all the others and brings them all into a laser focus and it's the awakening to life. Everybody say life. We're not going to talk about life. We're going to talk about life like viva, like life. You know there's life and then there's life, Right? You know, there's just there's a way of bumping through daily existence like a zombie driving to work, a zombie bumping around the house and doing all these things where, where we're not really living. You ever feel like, have you ever felt like you're just going through life, but there's no life going through you? There's a difference between life and life. And we need to wake up to life, to the life that's full and good and full and beautiful and, and the way we were really meant uh, to live. Because so often we just kind of amble, wait, uh, you know, aimlessly like we're sleepwalking through the routine of life. You know, you take out the garbage, you read some junk mail, feed the dog, water the plants, look for the remote, watch some news, where's my keys, put your glasses on. And then another day rolls into another day. And you get to the end of the day sometimes you say, man, I, I, I was busy all day but I didn't get anything done. Anybody relate to that? That's just Life. Just living, but you're not really living. And if you're not careful, that that day can become a week, and that week becomes a month, and becomes a year, becomes a lifetime where you were living. But were you? Were you? You ever feel like you're just going through life, but there's no life going through you? This is why the Bible says, "Man, God teach us to number our days, because our days are numbered." And our life is but a span, it's a blip, it's a snap of the fingers, it's, a, it's just a little short window and it's over. And did we live in that little span where we were around at all? Like the guy who was worried and he was feeling kind of sick and he thought, maybe I'm dying. He went to the doctor and says, doctor, am I dying? Am I going to die? And the doctor said, die? That's the last thing you'll do. <laughs> Which is true, of course. The question isn't, you know, am I going to die? Because you are. We all die. The question is, are you going to live before you get to that moment? Are you going to really live? You know, one of the things that keeps us from living is the ongoing procrastination of our lives. Like we're going to get around to living someday. Anybody relate to this? Like you have big plans and you have great ideas, but it's it's going to happen someday. The postponement of our lives, like everything we're doing now is like some sort of dress rehearsal for the real life that's going to start someday. Anybody got a someday list? All those amazing things you're going to do someday. Someday I'll ask her out. Oh, I will. It'll be awesome. Someday I'll get on a budget. Someday I'll start taking care of my body. Anybody got a someday list? All those looming things out there in tomorrow land. Someday I'm going to start building into my marriage. Someday I'm going to address this habit that is consuming my life and ruining my relationships. Someday I'm going to cut off that affair. Someday I'm going to put others first. Someday I'm going to get involved and start serving. Someday I'm going to take care of this drug and alcohol issue that I've got. Someday I'll get counseling. Someday I'll take care of my finances. Someday I'll get around to forgiving that person. Someday I'll get around to um, pouring into my kids' lives. Someday... I'll get this whole God thing in my life figured out. Someday I'll get out of the pigsty where I am right now and I'll circle back home and see if the Father's still there waiting. Someday, 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 someday. And what we need to do is like little boy Samuel here, if there's a little part of you that's like, wait, I don't want to lose that. I don't want to miss life. And recognize that's the voice of God saying, make your someday now. Seize the day as it were so that you don't just go through life, but you can seize the life you're meant for. I feel like that's what William Wallace was scratching around the edges of. Remember this, the movie Braveheart, play, the, the hero role played by Mel Gibson, and you know he's trying to free his people and all this stuff. And Isabel's weeping and crying, "Oh, just give yourself up, you know, go surrender to the English overlords; they're going to kill you." And he says, "I can't do that." And she says, "Oh, it's going to be awful; they're going to kill you." And that's when he says, "Every man dies, but not every man really lives. You're going to die. Are you living?" Or are you just living? you going through life? Or is there life going through you? Back when I was a youth pastor, back in the day, some of you know uh, that I did that uh, when I was a much younger man. Um, at the prompting of Jeff Walling, I took some kids to Burger King after school, Like to hang out with the kids. And goof off with them. There were three or four of us there at the counter. Little Burger King girl's doing what she does, you know, she's filling our order, the usual burger, you know, back when it didn't matter what I ate, uh, burger, shake, fries, right? So she's taking these things, she's slapping them on the tray one at a time, and she goes to get my fries. She meanders over to that beautiful bin where these salt-glazed fries lie there, just Beckoning under that light that keeps them warm longer than they probably should be really kept warm. (laughs) And you know, she takes that dustpan and she scoops up a whole bunch of them. and, And then because I'm cheap, I order a small. So she takes that little piece of paper envelope, it's about the size of a credit card, and opens about that far and she holds it up while she's talking to her buddy. And she begins to cascade these beautiful fries over her hand, and most of them fall right back into the bin where they came from and it's unnerving it's concerning and there's hardly any going into the bag and at the end she says she does the little spill talking to her friend and about six fries go in my bag she slaps them on my tray slides it toward me she goes there you go can I help you she says to the person behind me now I love french fries (laughs) and I'm kind of cheap and I'm not easily embarrassed and that was kind of the perfect storm for that moment. And so I, I, I said to her, excuse me, uh, um, would, would you would you call this bag full? Well, <laughs> little gal with her little visor, you know, she wasn't ready for this. She had no idea what was going on. She was like, look, she, totally shocked. Looked down at the tray, looked at me like, what? I said, oh, I was just curious. You know, I, I saw you put the fries here. I was just curious if you I was noticing the bag, the six fries, and I, would, you, would you say that's full? And of course, by now, other people up and down the counter are starting to notice, like, yeah, that's a good question. They're kind of leaning in like that, and the kids with me are slinking away, covering their faces. They know this is going to get ugly. And that's when I discovered she was a trainee. And I felt bad for like one second, and I got over it. <laughs> and that's when the manager comes over, and he sees what's going on. He's like, is there a problem? And I'm like, oh, no, no. I wouldn't say it's a problem. I just had a question about... You here at Burger King, um, I paid good money for these fries, and I was just curious if this here is what you all at Burger King consider full. Awkward pause, and uh, very sharp guy, very sharp guy, he took one look at it, he says, oh, no, uh, no, not at all, no, I'm not sure exactly what happened there, just one moment, takes the whole tray over to the big bin of glistening fries takes the dustpan and begins to spill over and over and over again until they go in. He's crinkling. Now he's picking them up one by one and stuffing them in the bag, and splitting it to the sides, puts it on the tray, takes one more, just spills it all over a beautiful cascading bouquet of cholesterol right there on that blue, on that brown tray and brings it back, sets it down, and he says, no, those, sir, that's full, that's full. And I'm like, thank you very much. People up and down are like cheering. They're like, yeah, hey, what about mine? Fill me up. It's a great moment. I feel like I was a very good model for, for those kids at that, at that moment. You know, people don't get Jesus. A lot of people just don't get him. They don't understand what he's about. They, 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 they think like he's some good guy, some moral teacher who came from heaven to be religious, to turn some water into wine once or something and call it a day. They, they think he was primarily interested in making sure everyone understood a new list of do's and don'ts, it's just sort of a different list of do's and don'ts than those other religions. This is the right list of do's and don'ts. And they think that's what Christianity boils down to. Jesus is an okay guy, but not someone you want to invite to a really fun party, necessarily. And I just, I just feel like so many people, their, their version of following Jesus or what they would define Christianity is like a bunch of meaningless rituals and empty stuff, and it explains why so many people, even in church, sleep. But you know, Jesus, he's so much different, so much cooler, and so much better than that. And I think of that one time where he said, and you want to know why the Father sent me? You know why I'm here? He says, I've come that you might have life. Life, not life, but life. And and then he says, I've come that you might have life, that you might have it to the full. Full. Not half-empty life. Not sort of life. But full. Jesus wants you to, to have a full bag of fries. Tweet that, because <laughs> it's true, and that's what we all long for, full, abundant life. You know, as we've been working through this series, we, we created this backdrop here that a bunch of people made, a bunch of volunteers put together, and our crew here at the church, you've maybe noticed it, it's a big clock, right, as a reminder that our life is ticking, and one day it's over, and it's time to wake up. And some people ask me starting the first week, hey, what's the significance of the clock? I say, Well it's a clock, you know, wake up. No, they said, No, no, no. I mean the time, it's like ten ten. What's up with that? And I'm like, Oh, well, the truth is, if you've ever noticed, like any advertisement for a clock, any catalog where they advertise watches or clocks, you notice they're always set to ten ten. And we just chose that. Like, that looks like a good time to put the clock. Make it look ten ten. That's the truth. Did you know that by the way, that they're always set at ten ten? Did you know that? See, so you learn something. You come to church, you learn cool stuff. But then it dawned on me, oh my goodness, wait a second. This fundamental truth that we had planned weeks ahead of time, that we knew we were going to be landing on today, that was going to bring all the awakenings together, the most important words we could think of that Jesus was going to give us today, these words that sum up the thing we must awaken to, or none of the rest of it even matters in your life, are found in the Bible, in the Gospel of John. you know where? John chapter 10 verse 10 John 10:10. 10, 10. it's like God was winking at us the whole time like this God incidence where he was saying that's where we're going you know what time it is it's John 10:10 10, 10 time Jesus says stop just going through life I have come that you might have life and have it to the full instead of that empty bag of fries with six fries sitting there that you've been living that's who Jesus is and that that's why he came and that's what he hopes will happen in your life and mine. Now when you look at that word life, you, you, you realize it's translated lots of different ways in your Bibles. It might say abundant life or full life. Or uh, Jesus says, I have come that you might have rich and satisfying life. There's lots of, quote, of qualifiers there. But we tend to think of that abundant full life as more. That's just the way we think because we're Americans. We like more. We like to supersize everything. So, so more. You know, we like more money in our bank account. More candy in my bag. More rich relationships. More... Uh, more wins for the Vikings and Ravens. Can I get an amen? Right. More, more, twenty-five percent more Doritos in this bag. So buy that one. If, if you zip this credit card, you get more uh, points on, on your on your uh, you know account and so forth. So we tend to think of fullness meaning more. Well, here's a clue: what Jesus meant when he said. Fullness of life. He didn't mean just more. And one of the clues is that in the Bible, in the New Testament Greek, where it was written, there are two different words that are translated life in English. Two different words for life. And the first word is bios. Say that word with me, bios. You recognize that probably, like biology, biosphere, that kind of thing. Bio, it means life. It means physical life. Biological, natural, material things and life in that sphere. That's what it refers to. And you're, you have a bios life. It's just life. You just live My dog has bios life. human life, the typical bios life, you get about 250,000 hours of sleep. You eat about 75,000 meals and you head to the restroom about 200,000 times. Unless you eat a lot of Mexican, then it goes up. But that's bios life. There's another word for life in the Bible. And, And that word is zoe or zoe. Want to say that one? Zoe? Zoe, maybe you've heard a little girl named Zoe. Now you can tell her your name means life. Like you go to the zoo. Or zoology is the, the logos, the study, the words of life. And in the Bible, this is a different kind of life. If bios is like the quantity, the number of meals you eat, Zoe is the quality and the kind and the substance and the depth and the richness and the fullness. It's a sort of, it's life. And Jesus says, I have come that you might have Zoe, life. Yes, God gives us our bios life too. And that's included in Zoe life. But there's a richness and a fullness to life that some miss and that you're called to. And God himself is life. God is life. He's, and Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. In him is life. Life. The life that we are made for and long for, but the life from which we can be separated and go pursuing in all kinds of empty ways. I found it interesting in the Bible. In this story, Luke chapter 15:11, in our story about the two sons, it's, it begins this way. There was a man who had two sons. The younger one comes and says to the father, Father, give me my share of the estate. And notice this. It says, so the father reluctantly, he divided the property between them. That word translated property in our Bibles is actually the word bios. He divided his life. He divided his livelihood. He divided his physical stuff and gave it to the son who thought, now I've got what I'm looking for because i got more bios. Ha-ha. <laughs> Someone says the Father is saying, here, here you go. I'll let you go chase after all that bios life can offer. But someday you're going to realize that you're looking for something that bios life doesn't provide. You're looking for Zoe life, and that is only found in returning home to the Father in a relationship with the Father. And yet we go on our goose chases What about you? What kind of life are you settling for? What are you pursuing? What's success for you? What's the big life? What's the good life defined for you? Is it bios life? Is it success defined in physical, earthly, worldly terms? Things that will one day expire? Or is it Zoe life? The things that matter ultimately. And the only way you see the difference is you have an awakening and realize what's actually important. It's called the awakening to life. And Jesus is constantly trying to get us to wake up to life. It's why he tells this story. Luke chapter 15. The boy leaves home and he finally comes to his senses. He has an awakening. It brings him back home and the father celebrates and gives him his love. And then says in verse 23, let's have a feast. Celebrate. The son of mine was dead and is now what? Alive. He was dead and now he can live again. And that's the hope for every single one of us, y'all. That you can have hope and life. John chapter 20 says it this way. Jesus performed many other signs in the presence of His disciples, which are not recorded in this book, but these are written. The Bible is written. Why? So that you may believe. Now follow this. That you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing you might have life. Zoe in His name. If you will believe in Jesus, you can have the life of God the real life the rich life the satisfying life the full bag of fries life that lasts for eternity a friend of mine was saying how his adult son called and um, said don't be alarmed but um, we're okay but we got robbed and we just wanted you to know told his dad the story how he and his wife had been going out for the evening and uh, forgot something, circled back about 15 minutes later, back up to the house, up the steps, stuck the key in the lock, but as they went to do so, they noticed the door was already open, ajar a little bit, thought that was strange, and they stepped inside, and they heard footsteps in the kitchen. The burglar was still in the house. Their hearts just seized, you know. And in a panic, they sort of ran back out the steps, dialing 911 as they did, and heard and saw the burglar jumping out the back window and running through the yard to escape. Got away with a couple of laptops, Rifled through some drawers and all. But that wasn't all he took. You know what I mean? How do you think they felt the next time they came up those stairs and stuck that key in the lock to go in their home? Would it surprise you to learn that they moved within 30 days to someplace else that felt more like home? That felt more safe? Insecure. Something way beyond a laptop was taken and upset their life. And if your life is based on anything that can be robbed or taken, if your security is based on anything that will go away someday or that you don't really have any control over, if your fullness and your joy and your peace and your well-being and your sense of being okay is based on anything that can be robbed from you, then you're going to be just like that couple. You're going to, you're going to feel all of a sudden like it's all going to just go away and then you're going to feel insecure and you know, keep, keep on the move, keep looking to try to find a way to fulfill all that stuff. You know, back in our text, in the John chapter 10, it says in verse 10, I've come that you may have life. But you back up a couple of verses and Jesus gives some great insight. He says in verse 7, He says, You know what? I am the gate for the sheep. I'm the gate. So like, we're all a bunch of sheep and, and we have a pen around us and there's only one way in and Jesus is it. You know, and He says, Now before me there were thieves and robbers, but I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. And the sheep then can come and go and they will find pasture. You see, we always think, Where am I going to go to find the greener grass? And Jesus says, hello, I'm the gate. Come through here. This is where you want to be. I'm the way. I'm the truth. I'm the life. I'm the gate. I'm the door. And by the way, I'll be your shepherd once you get inside. I'm the gate. I will keep the bad stuff out. I'll keep the bad stuff out when you come to me. And then he points out there's robbers. There's thieves. There's others. Because Satan, you know what? You have a spiritual enemy who's as real as the chair you're sitting on and he has the same message. I'm the gate. Follow me this way, right this way. Good life, right this way. Best life, right over here. Follow me. And that's the voice that that young boy heard and it's why he said, give me my inheritance, I'm out of here. He tried to fulfill the longing that was meant to lead him through the gate to, to, to God and he followed it the wrong direction. And Some of us are still doing the same. At the end of this whole series, I hope you're getting the point and that is Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the Life, there is no life outside of Him. I mean, there's, there's bios life, and you can, you can have a good time. You can sow sin for a season, but you'll always reap what you sow. You'll always go through the same cycle. And while there's a window of time when you still have bios breath coming through your lungs, you need to speak to the One who put the lung air in you to begin with and say, I believe that you are the life. Because when you do that, that's when you you begin to experience a fuller, richer, freer life now with a peace and a joy and a fulfillment that no one can steal. No one can come away. And even if your bios life hurts and and you suffer in your everyday bios life, no one can steal your Zoe life. No one can take it away. And at the end of the day, that's about all that matters. So what are you going to Which door are you going to go through? Which voice are you going to listen to? Which way are you going to go to fulfill the longing we all have for a full bag of fries? That's the question of this whole series. A few years back, you might remember a guy named Kyle McDonald. He was a Canadian blogger who set out on this bizarre quest. He had one red paperclip, and his goal was to trade up for it, to trade it for something of more value, and to keep trading until he got himself a house. Crazy as it sounds, he did it in under a year with 14 trades. He traded the red paperclip for a fish-shaped pen. Who didn't want one of those? And then he traded the fish-shaped pen for a sculpted doorknob, and he traded the doorknob for... Uh, I think it was um, a, a generator or a heater or a camp stove or something, and they kept going like that. And eventually all these amazing trades, a snowmobile and eventually a part in a, uh, in a screenplay, an afternoon with rock star Alice Cooper, kept going and going and going until finally someone traded him a two-story house in Saskatchewan. And he got it by turning in and surrendering his red paper clip. And you know, as crazy as that sounds, that's pretty much the amazing deal Jesus offers us. Because your life is the little red paperclip, so is mine. We all have one, and everybody trades their paperclip for something. The question is what are you going to trade it for? You're going to trade down or you're going to trade up? And you don't have to go through a series of, of trades. With one exchange, Jesus says, You give me your life, I will give you life. You surrender, you trust, you repent, you obey. You love, you follow. I will provide for you life. More than a two-story house, but life. Everybody trades their paperclip for something. What are you going to trade yours for? As Jesus says it in Matthew 16, if anyone would come after me, they must deny themselves and take up their cross. There's going to be a cost here. And follow me. you got to give up your red paper clip. We're like, oh no, but I love my red paper clip. But you're going to trade it eventually and you're going to either trade down or up. And the only way to trade up is with Jesus. Verse 25. So whoever wants to save his life, oh, I want to hold on to my paper clip, you're going to end up losing it in the end anyway. But whoever loses it, gives it up willingly, you'll find it. You'll, whoever gives up your life will find life. For what good will it be for a person if you gain the whole world, but you lose your soul? Is anything more important than your soul? And so awakenings come when you have moments of clarity where you realize all of a sudden all the things I've been pursuing and chasing after maybe aren't what they're cracked up to be and I really do want the life, the Zoe life that God has for me. You know, when you get sick or you have a moment of clarity, that's when you really think clearly and that's why I think it's worth paying attention to people who, are, who know they're near death. Larry's that kind of guy. Um, he was as healthy as anybody. And then all of a sudden he got diagnosed with ALS or Lou Gehrig's and it crippled him rapidly. And this lover of God had some lucid thoughts and we've captured them for you and we want you to hear his story. About three or four minutes. And I found it very moving and convicting and clarifying for me and I hope it does the same for you that you might be able to hear God get your attention as Larry speaks. Go ahead and watch the screen.
2: Um, for the next 30 days, I would want my spiritual life to be one that people can look upon and say, there is somebody who believed God, believed that he knew God was doing what His best for him. There is somebody who's... Family knows they're loved because not only because I love them, but because God loves them. Because I have shown them how to love and how to love God. And I hope that um, people can see that when they meet me. Since I was diagnosed, I have a lot of regrets. Um, I wish that um, I regret that uh, there are times where I felt like, oh, I know, like I could have been a better husband. Um, Instead, I was a very selfish person. Um, I regret being, you know, always thinking of myself first. Um, instead of my wife and my kids, sometimes uh, when it came to work, um, there's no job. If I were to get a healthy today, there's no job, no amount of money that would keep me from my family like I used to stay away. There's no sporting event that would keep me away from my family. Um, that's probably my biggest regret. whatever campus you're at, don't look at life as a series of hardships over finances. Look at life as how can I take one step today to be closer to God than I was yesterday I don't think there is anything that I haven't already told you. Um, I love you. I know you love me. Um, uh, my biggest regret is that this illness has caused a lot of emotional pain for you, but I do know that we have grown as a couple, and that I love you, and that I hope one day, even after I'm gone, you can find somebody who loves you as as much as I do now. And yes, you can use this.
1: Obviously, a very uh, emotionally laden message from Larry, who now has gone on uh, into his eternal reward as a Christ follower. Don't miss, in the midst of all of that, a moment that you're meant to maybe have of clarity. He had an awakening because his bios life was almost over. And, of course, that moment comes for all of us eventually. Eventually. And the moment he had of clarity in that moment is the moment that we're invited to have right now, an awakening to what's truly important in life. And so we wanted to bring this whole series down to a laser point where it would be Jesus and Jesus alone speaking to you just like he did the boy Samuel, calling your name, and that you would say, speak, your servant is listening, and that you would hear him say, Will you follow, trust, serve, obey, love and come home to me with all that you are? Will you? As long as we continue to seek our fulfillment and our security, our hope and our joy in other ways, we will continue to be frustrated and sorrowful in our lives in one way or another. The awakening we need to have is the awakening that Hope has a name, love has a name, fulfillment has a name, peace has a name, security has a name, life has a name, and His name is Jesus, and He invites you to commit to Him now. I promised that we would have an opportunity for people to sort of express that outwardly uh, on this day, and that is, in fact, the case. In a moment, I'm going to pray, and then we're going to sing a beautiful song, and as we do... um, Anyone who wants to sort of come and say, I want to mark that moment publicly through baptism, if you've never been baptized, you've never, or you know it's your moment to do that, to say, I want to get baptized, the service will dismiss and then we're just going to have an opportunity for anyone to just, we've got everything you need, Uh, we'll walk you right backstage and you can put on some trunks and a shirt and whatever and we'll, we'll take care of baptisms and all of you are welcome to hang anyone that wants to hang around after the service is over and and share and celebrate with those baptisms you can do that so you can just make your way in the song or after the service however you want to do it but the main thing I would want you to know is that each of us have a moment of decision to make and if you need to make a decision for baptism let me remind you what the scriptures say Romans 6 don't you know that all who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death we were therefore buried with Him in baptism. You surrender your red paperclip. Why? Well, just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father so that we too might have new life. And I pray that you'll have new life in Jesus. And if you've never expressed that through the waters of baptism, here's an opportunity for you to respond to that. And you can just make your way. We left the light on for you to come home. Let me pray for you. Father, we thank You so much for your faithfulness and your patience and your love and grace and mercy, for speaking to us again until we get it and stop running to the wrong voices and come instead to you. May every voice, every heart in the hearing of my voice come home to their true home, to their true life in you, Jesus. Forgive us for our sins and put us on a right path. Help us to live fully and freely in your presence, we pray. And all God's people said, Amen.
0: Stand. Let's sing. And respond to our God. Oh, I've heard a thousand stories of what. Wild- is our Father.
3: You know, Jesus said, if you try to hold on to your life, you're just going to lose it. But if you want to find life, find the real life, the good life, the full, free, abundant, new life that you were made for, then you got to let go of it. You've got to give it away. Surrender it. To Jesus get it give it up in service just let go and at communion we're reminded of how D- Jesus did just that he gave his life away and he isn't asking us to do anything that he hasn't already done himself and so the bread and the cup uh, remind us of his sacrifice it's his body and his blood uh, that we remember that he gave freely for us but you know he also got his life back because he gave it away and so in this moment uh, we gather around this table ready to receive from him to receive his blessing to receive his grace to receive his love and his gifts but before we can receive we have to give the thing we are asked to give By Him is nothing less than our whole lives. But if we try to hold on to it, try to save it, try to keep it for ourselves, then we're just going to lose it. It's in giving it away that we find real life. So in these moments, uh, let's offer our lives again to God. Let's surrender uh, to Him. Surrender your heart and your life to a good Good Father, and trust that what He's going to give you uh, in return is new life, real life, better than anything you could have done on your own. Let's pray together for our communion. God, you are indeed perfect in all your ways, and in all your ways to us. And as we gather around the communion table, we remember your perfect sacrifice. gave your whole self Uh, while you were on the earth you gave your whole self and then you offered yourself in death uh, for us and so in these moments we remember and we give thanks Lord draw us to yourself help us to surrender uh, to let go of the life that we hold on to so we can have real life in you Uh, bless these moments together bless uh, the bread and the cup To receive these gifts, uh, to in turn give ourselves to you. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. surrender uh, is a daily thing, really. It's not something that you get to do once, give your life to Christ and then say, all right, God, you got it from here. Unfortunately, uh, we, we have to keep handing our lives over every day. So no matter where you are in the journey, I just pray that God has invited you deeper still uh, into his presence and into love and into uh, ways of surrendering to him. Um, and maybe for you, uh, this might be the first time Uh, that you want to surrender your life and say yes to Christ. Uh, We have a couple of invitations for you. If you'd like to have someone to talk to or pray with you about where you are in your life or something that's going on, we have some folks that would love to meet you over here uh, at the foot of the cross beneath the steps. Uh, Just make your way down as soon as we're finished here. And then I also want to remind you that the baptistry is still open. If you need to say yes for the first time, or maybe you've been following Jesus for a while, but you haven't taken that step of obedience, um, please feel free to move now. Uh, the water is warm and uh, there's some folks waiting there to meet you and Jesus is waiting for you as well so uh, take advantage of that well one of the ways that we stay connected as a community is through something as simple as a welcome card and I hope that you've already filled that out and uh, drop that in the bag in just a few minutes one of the ways that it keeps us connected is just by saying that you were here we were here together And then another thing you can use the card for is to list any prayer concerns that you might have and allow our elders and other leaders in the church to be praying for you throughout this week. And then also you can sign up for our next Welcome to Mountain class that's coming up uh, Sunday, November 8th, 8th, right here at the Mountain Road campus. And I just, if you've been putting this off, please take advantage of this because this is the last one in 2015. So if you don't sign up now, you have to wait till the cold, dark afternoons of January to come out And uh, it's a great afternoon. Ben and some of the others on our team uh, just gather for lunch. We'll talk about just some basics of Christianity and of our faith, talk about our vision for the future and where we believe God is taking Mountain as a church, and mostly just talk about how you can jump in and get connected and be a part of the great stuff that's going on. So take advantage of that. Well, it's time now to worship through our gifts and our offerings, and if you have already had the opportunity to give online, I want to say to you and to those of us who will participate now, that offering is an act of worship. Giving is an act of worship, uh, and that's why we do it, not, not because we have to, because anybody said it's the right thing to do. Um, and so if you're a guest, I really want you to hear that, that we give uh, because we love God, not because anybody has pressured us to do so, and we welcome you to participate, but don't, don't want you to feel pressured in any way ever. So uh, God, if you can't tell already, God is doing some amazing things around here. He is writing an epic tale, and he's invited us into the story, and so we give just to say thanks and to join him in that good work. So pray with me, if you would, please, for our offering. So God, we come uh, this morning as receivers from you and giving thanks. We're receivers of your love and of your grace, uh, of your son Jesus, and so many other good gifts, uh, too many to even begin to name. But we also know that you have called us to be givers, uh, and so following God's call on our lives and following Jesus, uh, following our hearts uh, deeper into what you're calling us to, uh, we give this morning. So we want to give our whole lives, but Lord, now we give these offerings for the work of your kingdom, and we do so uh, with humble thanks for the mercies and the gifts that we have received. We pray in Jesus' name, amen. If you're with us for the first time, I want to invite you to MI5. Uh, That's Mountain in five minutes. Immediately following our service, we'll gather right here on the floor in front of the platform. Somebody in about five minutes will give you a quick intro to the church answer any questions that might have come up for you, and we'd love to give you a gift uh, just for being a guest with us today. Well, there are all kinds of good things mentioned in your worship program, Uh, a lot more information even online. I want to just point you to both of those places. I'm going to highlight just a few, uh, but please take note of the other things that are going on. Mountain 54 for fourth and fifth graders meets every Wednesday night uh, right here on the Mountain Road campus at 6.30 p.m. up up in Cook Auditorium, which is the beautiful stone building up the hill. So fourth and fifth graders take advantage of that. Well, our students are probably headed back now. Our, Our middle school and high school students have been on the fall retreat this weekend. I've seen lots of great videos of both great worship moments and crazy, silly activity that only teenagers can participate in. Um, So they're gonna be exhausted when they get back in just a little bit. And because of that, there's no echo and no collide this evening. Thank you for the echo. Thank you, thank you. They will resume uh, next week at their normal time. So gentlemen in the room, and the rest of you men as well, uh, there are two great, I'm not gonna name any names, but I'm just saying, you're not all gentlemen. Uh, there are two great mid-sized groups uh, starting up this fall for you. Take note of those. One is Would Good Men Get Angry, the spiritual art of managing anger. That would be good for all of us. Uh, and Fight, winning the battles that matter most. So uh, two great groups getting started. Check those out. Stop by the Connecting Corner or go to the website for that. Also coming up in just a couple of weeks is our Global Impact Celebration. As you know, God is just doing great things around the world. and. A lot of things through our church. We get to share in global ministry. A lot of our own people are scattered around the world doing great ministry, and some of them will be home to celebrate with us uh, for our gig Weekend. So check out the activities of the weekend and be sure to be here to celebrate with us for that. Really important, especially for you latecomers who like to sleep in, next weekend is a time change. It's fallback. So Saturday night before you go to bed, uh, be sure you set your clock back one hour or you will be here for the second service instead of the third. Uh, Yeah, so it's one of my favorite days of the year because it means we actually get an extra hour of sleep. So take advantage of that. Um, And so we're wrapping up our awakening series, right? So wake up next Sunday morning. You'll be fresh from that extra hour. We're starting a new series uh, called Bold. And now that we've had uh, time to pay attention to awakening to God in our relationship, uh, let's think about the next step. Now that we're awake, what does it look like to live boldly, to, uh, to be on fire, to be in the world in a way that's present and alive? So come back next week as we jump in and talk together about what that might look like, what our lives will look like if we live in a bold way. Invite some people, grab some invite cards on your way out, come back next week. Stand with me if you would, please. Uh, And as we wrap up our journey of awakening together, uh, I'm going to borrow some words from the Apostle Paul and uh, from his second letter to the Corinthians. And he says this, Anyone who believes in Christ is a new creation. The old has gone. The new has come. Amen? Amen. Amen. So I want to tell you one more time, the baptistry is open. The water is warm. If God's tugging at your heart... Please come join us. Uh, We'd love to meet you there. Otherwise, go in peace. We'll see you next week.
1: Uh, This is Tim. I'm going to interrupt uh, Alex here for just a second. One second, Alex. (laughs) Um, Tim's come to commit his life to Christ today and uh, said there's a lot going on in his life and he's ready to commit his life to the Lord again and in a fresh way. And the waters of baptism are a perfect picture of that because the water will enfold you just like the love of God. The water... It's a symbol of the washing of all that's old and sinful that needs to be renewed in God. And uh, so, I'm going to give you an opportunity to um, state your confession of faith as you believe. You can repeat these words, Tim. I believe. I believe. That Jesus is the Christ. That Jesus is the Christ. The Son of the living God. The Son of the living God. And He is my Lord. And He is my Lord. And my Savior. And my Savior. God bless you on that, your confession of faith. And based on it, now I'll baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Okay, you ready? Mm-hmm. Here we go. <laughs> there you go. Wow, a lot of friends and family cheering for you. So, you. God bless the team. If you head over this way, you'll we'll get a nice towel for you. It will
0: not be